We serve a God who fights for us, who, who loves us, uh, who provides for us, um, who gives us peace, who brings peace, um, a God who, who restores order, and then at times a God who mixes things up and it feels like maybe our lives are um, you know, taken out of the things that we had maybe planned but the th- truth and the reality of it is that all of it, if we um, give our lives to him, he is a God who leads us, who brings us to where he wants us to go. And I wonder if we would take uh, some time today and ask you to share about times in your lives where you have seen God at work in you. Uh, I'm sure many of you would be able to say, you know, this is how God has worked in my life. This is what God did. And, and so have that kind of in the back of your mind because at the end of the sermon, um, we're hoping that you will be bold enough to say a one-liner, you know, something like God brought me healing or God showed me uh, a new job or whatever it might be. And I know that it can be kind of hard to summarize something like that up in one line, but I would really encourage you at the end of the service as we come back and as we have a time of singing again and worshiping, we need to recognize the work that God has done in us. And we need to focus on that because it it brings joy and it brings peace and it brings uh, confidence and assurance. And and so I trust that today you um, will experience and will, will remember how God has worked in your life. Before I go into my sermon today, uh, I just want to give greetings from Meadowbrook Church. Uh, their church just down the road here. I had the honor of um, speaking there last week, and, and they're praying for us, and they're giving us uh, their blessing, and it's a joy for us to be able to minister together with them. And so uh, a beautiful congregation, and I just wanted to give greeting uh, to you on behalf of them. We are, as you know, in the middle of the series, and we're nearing the end of it. We have just a few more weeks left in uh, the Psalms. And I know that many of you have uh, read the Psalms and maybe you've listened to the Psalms and, and the Psalms have been used by you in, in different ways. And, and so we're, we're going through this series hoping that this series has not only been a blessing to you, but I'm hoping also that this series is helping you to understand the Psalms and how you can use them in your lives. As has been said uh, several times, uh, the Psalms are often used Uh, when we read them as sort of giving words to our prayers or words to our thoughts or words to the things that we may at times not really know how to say. And whether that's as individuals or whether that's as corporate worship, um, the Psalms often assist us in our times of worship. And this is why it's important for us to look at the Psalms because not all the Psalms are the same. Not every Psalm reads like Psalm 23. Not every psalm reads like Psalm 88. Um, You know, and so the psalms, we need to be familiar with them because there's a wide range of psalms. And so um, I want to encourage you today to, as we read through these psalms, and um, look at the psalms today that we're looking at, that you would learn to use them in your life. And so today I want to talk about an important type of psalm that maybe doesn't get a lot of attention. We read part of one today, and that's... These are the psalms that are called the historical psalms. There are at least five psalms that are referred to as historical psalms. Um, They are Psalm 78, Psalm 105, 106, 135, and 136. 
And what you will notice about these psalms is that they retell the story of Israel. And now they don't tell in all the detail, they don't, they don't share everything, but they especially focus on creation and they focus on how God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt. Um, that's a key part of the historical psalms. Historical psalms tend to be um, a little bit more lengthy. Um, there's a lot of history to tell. And so the, the point of the psalms is to tell the story of how God has worked in the lives of the Israelites, to show how God has worked. And, and so this, this is an important thing, as we already said, for us to do as well, for us to reflect back sometimes on our lives and to recognize how God has worked. I think sometimes we can so quickly forget what God has done, and, and so these psalms should be part of our reading because they remind us of what God has done, and that ca should cause us to look back on our lives about what God has done in our lives, so that we would never forget, that we would never uh, be, not be grateful for what He has done. So these psalms are used really to show all that God has done. Historical psalms are better understand, understood if we already know the history. Um, if you would read the historical psalms and, and you would just read parts of it, uh, or if you would just read it without knowing the history of the Old Testament, um, the psalms, you know, because they focus in only on certain things, we have to be careful because if you focus in on only those areas that the psalms write about, history can easily be taken out of context, or these, these psalms can be taken, and the events can be taken out of context. So this is why, again, it's important for us that we use these psalms to remind ourselves of what God has done in the past, but at the same time, we need to be familiar with the history so that we do not um, take history out of context. So that we need to be careful then, as has been said in the past, is that we do not treat the psalms as historical literature. The Psalms are not historical literature. They often talk about the things that God has done in the past, but they give just small glimmers, a small taste of the things that God has done. And again, uh, it's one of those things that we need to just be aware of. And so knowing our history is, is incredibly important. And yet the Psalms do give us this glimpse of what God has done. Uh, most Psalms um, direct their attention to God directly. And they will talk to God, you know, I praise you for your faithfulness and, and your love, you know, endures and, and those kind of things. Where this, the historical psalms, most of them are written a little bit more into the, like a third person. They are telling someone about God. Um, they're telling someone about what God has done. And so this is, again, just a thing to note, is that when you read them, um, in a way, the, the, the psalsters are writing to you and I. Now, the reason behind this is many people, many scholars believe that the historical psalms were psalms that were used back in the day by the Jewish community especially to teach their children the history of Egypt, the, the, history, sorry, the history of Israel and what God did especially in Egypt and, and rescued them. And so every now and then you'll see the psalter, he will turn his attention back to God, but most of the time the attention is written towards a third person telling the story of what God has done. So this is the key difference for us to recognize uh, in these psalms. And so I want to take a moment now and read to us slowly Psalm 135. We're going to read the entire uh, psalm, um, and it'll be on the screen. I forgot to put it on the Bible app, my bad. But if you have your Bibles open, your phones, turn there. I would love for you to follow along. I'm going to read the NIV version, uh, and so you're going to see the way that the psalsters uh, laid out the psalm. 
And we'll pause here and there. There's not a lot of application that we're going to try to grab from the Psalms today. Rather, I want you to recognize the structure and the way that they're set up so that as you're reading through them sometimes, you begin to see, see this for yourself, and hopefully that will be something that's beneficial. So Psalm 135, verse 1. First thing you will notice in almost all of the historical Psalms is the call to praise. Okay? It is very, very clear, and we're going to look at this later. It's very, very clear that the Psalter wants us to understand that what God has done, not what they have done. That all the praise and adoration for what God has done belongs to God. And so there again, there already we can see a really key reason for why we should be using these. So Psalm 135 verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise Him, you servants of the Lord. Clearly, clearly, this is a call to declare our gratitude to God. To contribute the work of God to God. You servants of the Lord, praise the Lord. In other words, all of us who would say we're Jesus followers, part of what we should do in our lives is praise God. That if you are ever like, man, you know, I, that, that, that job, I did not think I would get it and I got it. Praise the Lord. Um, you are awesome and you worked hard to get that job and you are qualified for that job, but God got you that job. That's the way the Salster wants us to see our lives. Uh, you know, whatever it might be, you bought a house, you, you got a car, you, you got into school, whatever it might be, and you're like, man, God led me to this. Well, then the Salster would say to you, praise the Lord. Make sure that praise to God is part of your life. Because the last thing any of us should ever do is if you look at the people of Israel say, we got ourselves out of Egypt. We got ourselves across the Red Sea. We got ourselves through the wilderness. We fought those armies and won. And the Salter would look at all of that and say, no, no, no. Remember who did that for you. So this is a clear lesson for us right off the bat. Praise the Lord. Praise must be on the lips of God's people. Okay? I know a loud amen in the hearts of all of you there. Yeah. Whew. Um, praise must be on the lips of God's people. And if we want to become disgruntled and miserable, don't praise God. That'll work every time. Okay? And so praise must be on the lips of God's people. And then he goes on. And, and, and you'll see the readers are reminded and challenged, as I said, to praise God, not just for who God is, but also for his goodness and for what God has done. He says, You who minister in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praise to his name for his pleasant, for, um, sorry, turned too soon. For he, for he, for that is pleasant. Now the historical Psalms, you know, will do a few things. And what we're going to see here right now is that the historical Psalms are now, the, the writer's now going to bring in different historical figures. And events. And here now he begins to introduce us to these different events. And, and this is why we call them historical psalms. Because if you don't know the history at all of, of Israel, these events may be unknown to you. But the people who would have read these psalms would have been very familiar. So the readers would have been immediately aware of the events and the, and the times and the names that are introduced now. It says, For the Lord has chosen Jacob to be his own. Israel to be his treasured possession, 
I know that the Lord is great, that our Lord is greater than all gods. The Lord has, does whatever pleases Him in the heavens and on earth, in the seas and all their depths. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with rain and brings out the wind from His storehouses. He struck down the firstborn of Egypt. <sighs> Not all history is pretty. Not all the times when God has moved. Has it gone maybe the way we think it should have? And this is one of those reasons, and we'll look at this again later on, this is one of the reasons for us to understand the context. Because this would make it sound like that was the only thing God did. It doesn't show all the other plagues that came to try to convince the, the, the Egyptians to let the people go. And so this is one of those areas where it's very easy when you read just this one line to take this passage out of context and make God someone who just immediately goes down and strikes down the firstborn. He goes on the firstborn of people and animals. He sent his angel signs and wonders into your midst, Egypt, uh, against Pharaoh and all his servants. He struck down many nations and killed mighty kings. Sihon, king of Amorites, Og, king of Bashan, and all the kings of Canaan. And he gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his people, Israel. So pause you for a second, because now you'll see a shift. So what you've noticed at this point is, first we are called to praise. We are called to praise. Now he's told a short history of what God has done in the lives of the people. And, and this is, again, we'll look at this in a little bit, but I want to you know, get you ready to hear this because I want you to apply this. What you've seen now is he has, he has told the reader, he has told somebody, this is what God has been doing. Some of it wasn't very pretty. Some of it had to be done, and, and maybe we wish there had been a different way, especially now in 2022. We would, we would look at some of that and be like, man, I wish, I wish there had been a different way. All those wars, all that craziness. But he's telling the history. And now, as he's telling the history, it, it seems he becomes so aware, he becomes so almost burdened and just, um, you know, drawn in by what God has all done. He breaks protocol and he, he just cannot continue speaking to others. He must turn his attention to God. Look at what he says. Your name, Lord, endures forever. Your renown, Lord, through all the generations. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, nor is there breath in their mouth. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all those who trust in them. See, what the Psalter does here is by recalling what God has all done, First off, he started by attributing it all to God, and now he's told the story of what God has all done, and it brought him to a place of just he could not hold back. He's like, God, you're the only real God. You're the only one who can do these things and who can move in this way. So the historical Psalms, they, they bring us to a place where we recognize the wonder of who God is, not just what he has done, not just what he has done in our lives, but we recognize he did these things in our lives through who he is. And the psalter, he just can't hold back. He's like, your name, Lord, endures forever. And the attention again shifts now back to the third person listener. He says, all you Israelites, 
Praise the Lord. And now he begins to call out different groups within the people of Israel. House of Aaron, praise the Lord. House of Levi, praise the Lord. You who fear him, praise the Lord. Praise be to the Lord from Zion, to him who dwells in Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Here in this church, we might say, House of Friesens, praise the Lord. House of Ungers, praise the Lord. Yeah, now we're hearing it. All you Clausens, praise the Lord. All you Newfalls, time to call out your name. Own it, right? Do you understand? Do you see what he's doing? He's literally saying to the people, don't forget to praise the Lord. You didn't do any of this. This church, this parking lot, I'm glad you all put money down for that. Praise the Lord. The little things, the big things, everything is because of what God has done. Even some of those things in our lives that we're like, ooh, that's not very pretty. Now this gets into some crazy theology. We're talking about the Psalms here. The Psalms often, you know, we get into some interesting theology with, well, is that God's fault then? Is that, you know, bad things happen? Did God make it happen? And all those kind of things. Um, Stay with me. We're not going to try to answer that here today. But it's important for us to recognize that as Jesus followers, that we bring praise to our God. So now, I think we've already answered a little bit of this. I, I told you I'm, I'm, I'm double dipping now. I'm going back. I've already told you a few times. I want you to remember this. I want you to think about this because we want to answer the question now. Why are these psalms so important? Why are these historical psalms so important? Why should you read them and use them in your prayer life? First thing is this. They help us to remember history. Okay? And we're not talking here just about Old Testament history. That would have been the key focus of the Psalter. He would have been like, I want you to never forget the history of the people of Israel. So they help us to remember history. They, this may seem small, but remember, the Psalms were meant to be sung. Okay, and we've talked about this in the past. Most psalms were actually set up in such a way, if you read them, you see they're all centered, meaning they're poetic, they're, they're, they're meant to be sung. So these would have often been put to music. Words and melodies, when they are combined, help us to remember. This is why many of you can sing you know, songs from the Grateful Dead, and okay, maybe that's just a few of you that know songs from the Grateful Dead, sorry. Shouldn't have called out any bands, you're like, oh, don't start singing. Um, you know, there are songs that some of you can sing forever, you know, children's songs, whatever it might be, and you have trouble quoting scripture. It's because there's something about melody and music that helps us to remember. And so, it's very likely that many of these songs would have been put to music, and so you may need to at times put a melody to some of these words. These psalms were said and sung so that people would remember what God had done. Some parts of our history may not, you know, may not be pleasant and we may want to forget. But when God has moved in our lives, when God has done something beautiful, those are moments in our lives we should never, never strive to forget. Therefore, the telling of history meant that the people would not forget their history. The second one is, this obviously was also a reminder then to be faithful. You know, if this is what God had done, then they need to be faithful. But part of their history, they recognized that the reason they were in the place that they were in, the reason they were in in the wilderness for so long was because of disobedience. 
And again, this gets, this gets a little tricky theologically because, well, does God still punish us today like He did back then? And so, but we do know that disobedience and living for ourselves almost always complicates our lives. And so what the historical psalms do is they remind us to be obedient and to be faithful to God, to live according to the law of God, to live according to the commands of God. Today we would say to line our lives up with Jesus and what Jesus has taught. Then the third thing is they teach. These psalms, they taught the people. As I mentioned earlier, the historical psalms were used to teach children. They did not want their children to ever forget the past, their journey, and how God had led them and how God had walked with them and and all the things that God had done. So this was something that was, we do not want the people to forget. So let's just do Parenting 101 here for a second. Parents, tell your story to your children. Tell your faith story to your children. Teach them from your story what God has done in your life. Tell them about how God moved in your life. Tell them how God brought you to where you gave your life to Jesus. Tell them your story. Because your story in the eyes of your children will be the most powerful story they have ever heard. Because it's not just about what God did to someone on stage or, or someone that they've read about or heard about. This is someone they love and, you know, and understand. And now this person, their parent, is telling them, this is how God worked in my life. Use your story to teach your children about Jesus. Because Jesus has worked in your life. You are a miracle. That grace that is for me is for you. Tell your children your story of what God has done. And then finally, they lead us. They're important because they bring us to worship. Reflecting on the past and on what God has done should cause our hearts to express worship. God does not change, meaning that the God who rescued the people of Israel from Egypt is the God who still rescues us today from our sin. The God who parted the Red Sea is the same God who will part whatever obstacle you have in your life so that you can walk obedient to Him. The God who walked with the people of Israel through those days in the wilderness that must have seemed endless and hopeless is the same God who will walk with you today in whatever emptiness and hopelessness you are experiencing today. The God who gave victory then gives victory now. So worshiping, worshiping God, the historical Psalms will bring us to this place where we are reflecting on God and what He has done and it brings us to worship. And this is why you will very often see in the Psalms words like praise the Lord or His love endures forever as we already read in Psalm 136. So I want to make a bold statement and I want you to hear this carefully and I want you to listen to it and not just dismiss it. If you are struggling today, church, or individual, if you are struggling to find reason to worship, it is likely that you are focused on either your current difficulties or you are focused on yourself. Because when we place our focus on what God has done and on who God is, we always have reason to worship even, and I say this because I know there are some critics in the room, even when we don't understand what he was doing. There are times and there are things in Scripture that I read that I'm like, God, why like that? I don't get it. Why like that? But when we focus on God and who He is, we will find ourselves more often 
praising Him because of what He has done. So if you are here today and you're like, man, I don't see any reason to praise God, I want to encourage you to change your focus. I know some of you are going through difficulty. I know some of you are, are frustrated with a lot of things. And it's likely that the things you are frustrated with could be keeping you from worshiping God. So we need to be frustrated. We need times where we're like, we're going to fight for this. But my goodness, it can never get to the point where we limit our worship and our praise of who God is. To worship God, not only because of our lives have always been easy, but also because we know that he is walking with us in these difficult times. So I want us to look again at Psalm 136. Part of this was written, read to us already today. And I'm going to read from the NIV version. And we're just going to start at the difficult passage, okay? And we read about the sun governing the day, the moon to govern the night. And then verse 10. And you don't have it on the screen, so you're just going to listen. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. And his people replied, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them. And the people said, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. His to him who divided the Red Sea asunder. And brought Israel through the midst of it. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness. To him who struck down the kings. See how this can be difficult? But in the midst of all of this, God's love endures. And there might be times you're going to be praying and saying, God, help me understand you. Help me understand what you are doing. So I want us to do this now. You were warned. We have time. So I will wait. Call out something that God has done in your life. What is something that God has done in your life? And maybe you don't have it all in one pretty little line like this. But call out something. What has God done in your life? Just, just go ahead. Call it out. Healing. Providing. Say again, please. Okay. Amen. Clean your past. Come on. Keep them coming. Patience. Okay. Provided guidance. Awesome. Healing. Ability to love. Peace. Come on. You don't have to wait for each other. Awesome. Keep them coming. Healed your mind. Can we as a church, together, his love? God, we love you. And we are so grateful that there are passages in Scripture that show us how you have walked with your people through history. And how even here, just very briefly, we can tell of stories of how you have worked in your, our lives here. Lord, we give you the praise for this. I pray that if there's some of us here that have maybe focused too much on us, 
and we've taken our eyes off of you, and we've taken our praise off of you, that praise would return to our lips, that praise would return to our hearts and to our minds, and that we would declare your praise over and over. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. His love endures forever. Praise the Lord. May that become a song that we sing again and again and again. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing together.